0: Thank you everybody, Um, my name's Gordon and I'm part of the church here and uh, the talk I've got this morning is actually a really personal talk, Um, it's, it's, it's not something I'm detached from myself and the talk this morning is entitled, it's about the gift of giving and before you get worried this isn't a talk about tapping people up for money There's no offering to follow, as far as I know, there's no special offering due or anything like that. It's nothing to do with that. But it's a talk about a journey that I've been on for about 30 years, and I feel I'm just beginning. And when I started, I didn't even know I was on this particular journey. I was just a teenager with some pocket money and had something in my heart that wanted to give some of it into, into things that God was doing. And that, well, that was where it really started for me. And also, this isn't a talk aimed at rich people about trying to tap them up to give a higher percentage of their income or whatever. This is a talk for people, whatever your circumstances. In fact, it's really aimed at those that, that sometimes struggle with to make ends meet. Those that sometimes feel that they just don't have enough to get through the month. Because actually a talk to rich people on this would be really easy. The Bible says, Tell, command rich people to give. That's not what this talk's about. This talk is about inviting you to come on what I would say is an exciting and sometimes scary journey of faith. Sometimes it's a journey of faith that can be a roller coaster. It's a journey of faith that can see supernatural multiplication, that can see provision of God coming in different ways. Different things. Um, it's a journey of faith that sometimes you don't know how you're going to get to the end of the month because there just isn't enough there. Um, but most of all, it's a journey of faith where you really learn to, to know your Father as a provider. And that's what the talk's about, is to invite people to come on that journey. And one of the interesting things is, is, is that I've only discovered recently that the gift of giving is listed amongst the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives. Along there, along there with things that we, that we talk about sometimes, like miracles and prophecy and speaking in tongues. And there it is in, Roman, in Romans chapter 12, if it's going to come up. If it's not, don't worry about it. You just have to take my word for it. There it is. And there it is, listed down there. Gift of giving. If your gift's giving then give generously. There it is, listed there. Which suggests to me there's something from the Holy Spirit involved in this, rather than just normal, just well, let's give a little bit to charity each month. And I'm, I'm, I want to talk about that this morning. And one of the best verses that I think that, that teaches us, passages that teaches us about this, how this works, is 2 Corinthians 9, 6-10. to 10. And I just want to read this. And the context of this is, is that the Apostle Paul was going around churches, taking up offerings to help people that were really struggling in, in Jerusalem. There was a big famine there, and he was taking up offerings to give to those that were in need in another, another town, another city. And this is how he talks, and he's talking in the context of taking up this gift, this offering. He says, remember this. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to bless you. And in some versions it says he's able to give you grace or favor abundantly so that you, that in all things and at all times having all that you need you will abound in every good work as it is written they have freely scattered their gifts to the poor their righteousness endures forever now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge your harvest of righteousness. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. And, do you know, I I have a vision in my heart, and I think, a number of people probably the church would share this vision as well i believe we do and that is to relieve poverty to when you know when we see people are poor there's something in our hearts isn't there that moves and says i want to do something about that we've also got a vision to plant churches particularly into areas in this country where where people are struggling and, and 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 have lots of needs we also have a vision to have all sorts of kingdom projects to bring mercy and justice and, you know, all of those things take giving. You know, they're, they're, we, you know, they don't just happen by their own self-generation. They involve giving. And for many years, I thought that churches and Christians who talked about having a ministry to the poor and to giving to the poor was a nice little extra that some Christians did and now they were very nice people. But the real heart of Christianity was about responding to the message of Jesus and believing in, in Jesus as your Savior, and that was what Christianity was. And that these these are just a nice little extra and but it wasn't so important. And it's only recently that something's caught my heart that Jesus talked about the gospel itself being good news to the poor. It is something that's the heart of the kingdom message is about serving the poor it's something it's one of the first things that when the early church started up right at the beginning they started organizing how they were going to give to those in need it was just 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 in their dna that was what it was all about and it actually says that amongst them there wasn't any needy because their needs were met because people were giving generously and the needs needs were met and you know the god in the old testament was just the same I found a verse that says in Deuteronomy 15 verse 4, it says, The need be no poor among you. It was part of God's heart for his people was that he, they would be meeting the needs of the poor. You know, when you read a lot of those bits in the Old Testament all about God's judgment coming and all those horrible bits that we tend to skip over, you often dig into that and you often find the real issue that God had with them was the fact that they weren't showing mercy and justice to the poor and that that there was injustice going on. And that was the real thing. It wasn't to do with um, that they weren't following all the teachings and doctrines properly. It It was to do with that. And... All the way through the Bible, there are so many verses that we could spend weeks just looking at them about giving to the poor. Just, just, just full of it. It's just part of what's in the, in the whole Bible. I mean, I found one in Proverbs 19, verse 7, where it says, Do you know, you can, actually, you can actually give a loan to God. Doesn't that sound, that sounds really heretical, doesn't it? I could actually give God a loan. Yeah? And it's because it says in Proverbs 19, verse 17, it says that when you give to the poor, you're lending to the Lord who will richly repay. You know, there's something that God has in his heart for the poor. And Jesus expressed it slightly differently, but he actually expressed it as when you were showing mercy and you were giving directly to those that were in need to those that were thirsty and hungry and naked he actually talked about it as though you were giving directly to him it's a similar thing it's just expressing it a different way and then he talks about them then then that that was part of the reward for the kingdom and those that weren't doing that were actually seen as people that weren't really following him it was just part of what following jesus was all about was giving to the needy you know one of his big beefs with the Pharisees you know we talk about the, the evil Pharisees as being all these religious people do you know it wasn't most of it his issue wasn't so much that they didn't follow the right doctrines and teachings in actual fact they they followed them as best they possibly could it was to do with their heart attitude towards mercy and justice and, and the needy you read it that's what it's on about that's the real issue that Jesus had with them a lot of the time Um, And you know, so often you find that Christians, in some circles, not here, but they spend so much time, you know, arguing about purity of doctrine and teaching and stuff like that. And yet, really, God's heart is about meeting the needs of the poor and bringing his kingdom in. You know, you look throughout church history, all the way from the early church right up to now, and you look all over the world, and you'll find that there are Christians that have been out there serving the needs of the poor, right back, you know, to the old monasteries and things like that, all the way through church history, you'll find that, that there's something in the heart of, of being a follower of Jesus that is there to serve the poor. You know, I read an amazing book on history of Africa recently, didn't I? and every now and again you'd come across bits where where, where there were... Christian missionaries who were standing up against the injustice that that some of the colonial powers were bringing in and things like that. And it was Christians that were doing it. And it was just, I I find it fascinating. It's not an added extra. It's just part of our DNA. And giving, it's the very nature of the Father. This is the God that we worship. is that part of his heart is a giver. That's who he is. It's, It's him. He is a giver. You know it says that he get, he actually went to the extent of giving his own son, and it says doesn 't it if he gives his own son, he will freely give us all things that 's who he is he 's a giver he gives of himself he gives of his son he gives that 's part of who he is yeah and one of the things that that does that is, is, is until we learn to know our father as a giver words like this will just be hard work they'll be heavy, they'll be sacrifice they'll be, oh no you're not going to give but it says in Matthew 10 verse 8 that you freely received, freely give and that's where it starts from is learning to receive from our father learning to know his heart to catch his heart and to tap into him and it says his very name is provider his name is Jehovah Jireh God our provider, it's his name it's what he calls himself, he calls himself provider and it says that he provides all our needs according to his riches that's, that's his heart for us, that's what he's all about and. If you look at the whole, I mean, I've spent many years of my life studying economics and how business and the economic system works and things like that, and the whole world economic system, if you study it, is based upon scarcity and lack, and then how that's then distributed and worked out. But whereas the kingdom of God is actually based upon God's riches, meeting our needs, it's actually based upon no lack. But yeah, obviously we live in the world where there's lack. But we're also part of a kingdom where there's no lack. And part of, be, of bringing God's kingdom in is joining up, bringing God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven. And that is part of it. Yeah? And the world system has you know, what Jesus talks about as mammon in, in, in some of the Old Testaments. I call that the money got. Because there are people who worship the money God. And the thing is, is the money God works on, on one principle. There's, you never have enough. Yeah? I can relate to that. You know, however much you have, you always want something else. Can anyone else relate to that? Yeah? So you, yeah? Or is everybody totally content and happy? I know that there's always something I'm asp- aspiring to. And that's how it, the money God works. So, if you talk, I know some extremely rich people that I meet in business, huge rich people, and they're always pushing for the next thing. Very, very few of them are just, oh, you know, it's fine, I'm okay, you know. It, most of them are pushing for more and more, yeah? And I know poor people that are like that too, you know? It, it stretches across like that, and, and that's what it is. And yet, what the psalmist said is, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. That's God, the provider. Yeah? And the thing is, is the money God and working in that thing is actually a cause of anxiety. Yeah, there are all sorts of different causes of anxiety, but it's one I battle with sometimes. And is, is anxiety about money and provision are part of that? Whereas, the, whereas tapping into the Father and Him as the provider is in the space where there is no lack. And the, I've come up with sort of my own little definition of poverty for this talk. Now, I've studied this kind of stuff over many years, and I know that there are, it's a huge, complicated topic and probably a whole seminar series. So this is just in one sentence. And the interesting thing is, is that when you talk about that, actually... If you read through books in the Bible like Proverbs, there's all sorts of insight into there, into different reasons why people can struggle and that sort of thing. It isn't just always abject poverty as in those, the, the, the economic sense. Sometimes there are other causes as well, and that's part of the message that we've got here. But I've defined poverty as almost been the opposite of what it says in that 2 Corinthians passage. And I put it here as poverty is about not having enough, and needing outside aid and support so remember the, the other bit about in corinthians was that how god provides so that we do have enough poverty in some ways is, is where where we lack something we, we, we're in need and when you've for me um i don't know whether anyone else can relate to this but because I didn't grow up in a home where there was huge amounts of money, one of the things that, it th- that was kind of there that was like in the, my DNA from my parents is that you get a mindset. I say, I don't know whether anyone else can relate to this, but where you have this mindset that others owe you something, that we haven't got enough, therefore therefore I want other people who've got more than me, therefore they owe me to give to me. They have, they, they can anyone relate to that? Or is that just me? Sometimes you feel, you look around and there's this mindset that thinks everybody else has got more. I'm hard done to, therefore they should give to me. And that was kind of my mindset when I started, began to tap into some of this. It was there, you know, with my family, it's almost like a resentment thing that everybody else has got more. With me, it made me incredibly driven to kind of be better as to more, but neither of those were good. <laughs> and um, I just want just, to just share that, because it, 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 it can help sometimes. Because some of these things, sometimes when we are in lack, it, it can affect our mindset. And I want to talk about, in a minute, about what the right mindset is. And this is not something I don't battle with, so that sort of thing. And one thing I just felt to just share as well is, Do you know, it's okay to ask the Father sometimes for some good things. Yeah? It isn't always just about, um, oh, you know, I mustn't ask for anything. Because he's a generous, generous Father and he loves us. That's not about being selfish and indulgent and, you know, trying to get your own private jet so you can preach the gospel with it or something like that. This is just about God wants to bless his people, and it's okay. It's okay. Yeah? Um, so, so I just want to move on now to so talk a little bit about God's favour. So we've talked a bit about what, what poverty is, but the opposite is, is that God can give us his favour and bless us. And the gift of giving Releases God's favour. So when we're talking about that to, that passage in Corinthians, is and favour is undeserved blessing, or grace is another way of just describing it. Is is because that's what's needed. If we're going to meet the needs of people, we need more than just our bog standard incomes. We need favour. You know, we need God to bless us. Because that's what, that's what happens. I sometimes look at little old me and think, what am I doing with all these people working for me? And opening up offices in the Isle of Man and sitting with big business leaders and things like that. Some of that is just God's favor putting you into a position so that he can, he can, he can release you. And God wants to do that. It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter whether, whether you're struggling on benefits or you're running a multinational company. God And show us his favor. Yeah? Because he wants to give us a store of seed to give from. Yeah? Because otherwise, without God's favor, if you're struggling and you give, all that happens is is you just become a bit poorer. Yeah? So if 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 all I have is a hundred pounds to live on for the month and I then go and share it with you, then We've both just got fifty pounds to live on, and, and you know, but, it, but what happens is is that somehow, when we start stepping out with the gift of giving, what then happens is is God, with his favor, starts multiplying that, so that instead of us both ending up poorer, God begins to bless and provide supernaturally and because it 's that mindset of a st- a store of seed and a giving mindset that actually releases the supernatural. And if we've got time, I'll share some stories of of how this actually works. Because um, it's that mindset that sees us, whatever our circumstances, as part of the answer to, to the thing we're struggling with, that we see around us, rather than the problem. It's a different mindset. So jesus there was jesus okay and he was with his disciples and there were five thousand hungry people in front of him and you know what he said to the disciples he said you go and feed them and the disciples said well where are we going to get money to feed this lot from and that and then what then happened he said well what do you have well there's just a few loaves and fishes And then somehow, as they started giving out those loaves and fishes, they began to multiply. As they stepped out, they began to multiply, and all the 5,000 people were fed, and then there was an excess left. And that's how it works. So, here we go. Here's a picture. There's one more picture that's missing. I don't know why it hasn't on. There we go. Right. So, I don't know whether you look at something like this, and it's it's a bit like God has spoken to this Hope Church here and said, what about about 100 people? And he says, you feed them. You, find a million pounds or whatever. Do a granary building in, in, in the middle of town to serve the thing. Oh, plant a church in Dines Green, and not only that, a whole load of other areas as well. Oh, and, oh, and Africa as well. Oh, look, yeah, so... You've got people in Kampala, you've got hospitals, you've got the ministry of what Emmanuel does over there. That's one of the things that's with me, but we as a church support that. Oh, and then you've got Good Soil Project, and probably a whole load of other things that I haven't put pictures up over there. And it's a bit like, whoa, this is overwhelming, isn't it? But it's a bit like Jesus said that to us. You go do that. That's what he's put there. And, but then the first thing to do is then to say, what do you have in your hand. That's what he said. We'll, we'll, well, just a few loaves and fishes and start giving that. Yeah? And it's not just money. Sometimes it's time and skills and kindness to people. Sharing food with people. Yeah? Um, training people. Equipping people. It could be all those sort of things that, that guard the resources that, we, that we've got. And, I, and as we step out with a little that we have, God will start multiplying it, you read all the stories of Christians throughout history, that's what happens, it's that little bit, and it just suddenly starts multiplying, because his favour starts coming, and he opens doors, and and, and, and things like that, yeah, and how are we doing, okay, and I've just got, I just wanted to just give you a few little stories, because I'll got loads of them and it's quite hard because a lot of this stuff is secret and personal because you don't go sharing it but I just wanted to just share a few things with you and one of them was when Kyla and I were just married, we, um, I'd been on benefits for quite a long period of time and we, Kyla hadn't got a job, she was looking for a job and I got this job and it was just it was before minimum wage. Um, so there wasn 't really enough to get through the month on, and I, I in theory got some commission if I sold anything and We just got to the point one day where, where we had nothing, no food we had not got money to buy food to get through the rest of the rest of the month and I, I went to work, and Kyla just started praying, and we were going out to a meal for some friend 's house that, that evening, and they just turned to us in the meal and said how are you doing? How are you doing for food? They didn't know anything about any of our circumstances, and we said, well, we're a bit embarrassed, you know, like you do. They just they had one of these big chest freezers, and they just emptied that chest freezer into, the, into our car, just the whole lot. Do you know, that was God just providing. Yeah? It's just incredible. And around about the same sort of time, it was back in the sort of late 80s or whatever, and I don't know whether some some of you, us oldie people remember that the government back then started selling off utility companies, selling off the shares in utility companies. Some people remember. So there were sales the shares in the utility companies. And bearing in mind, I didn't we struggled to get through to the end of the month, and I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me to spend the money that 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 we had to get through the month. This wasn't me just coming with a good idea. This was Holy Spirit speaking because this is where it gets scary. Right. go and buy what the utility shares the minimum you could buy was £100 so that's all I had and give the profit away so I did, I bought that, stepped out in faith used my money for the month to buy the utility shares because God had spoken to me so I'm not talking about gambling on the stock market in order to try and get God to provide just in case anybody mishears um, and those share prices doubled overnight. So I sold them straight away, got my £100 back, and was able to give £100 into the offering. And I've got loads and loads of stories like that. And I've got another one from another perspective about how sometimes our little can multiply. One time when I was over in Uganda, and I was with Jim, and we were praying for some people in in a business setting. There was this lady who was looking very sad and dejected and we, we, we prayed for her and it turned out that what her story was is that her, her how she made a living was getting hold of old second hand clothes and then would try and sell them to people on the streets of Kampala that, that was how she did that and in Uganda you, there's no free schools so if you've got children you have to pay fees to send them to school and this lady said she just didn't have the money to pay for fees. And her daughter was about to head into her final year, which I think they call O-levels over there rather than GCSEs. But she got her final year, and she didn't have the money to send her to school anymore. So we just prayed for her. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me, again, this is the Holy Spirit prompting, to give what I had in my pocket and, 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 and share that God would multiply that to provide for her. Now bear in mind I don't know how much a year's worth of school fees cost in Uganda, but I had probably less than a hundred pounds because I usually take a hundred pounds out in Uganda China. So it would have been less than that. Let's say 75, 80, 90 pounds maximum. How is that gonna multiply in order to take uh, but that's what I thought, there you go. That's what I've got. Anyway, year year bit later back over there next time she's there giving a testimony that the last week her daughter graduated and her story was is that that little bit of money that i got enabled her to go and buy some better quality clothes so she went and bought these better quality clothes sold those made a profit got some more and, and actually managed to fund her daughter through school with that little bit of money that's how it multiplies that's god's favor Multiplying, and um, we we we'll rush on for time. I just want to just just see if there's any of these. Yeah, I think those will do. I've got many, 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 many stories. Stories of God providing for us, providing homes for us when we don't have, have the money. God opening up doors, giving us seed to, to seed to sow. There, there's a time. One of the most dramatic ones was where, you know, sometimes when the Holy Spirit prompts you and you just open your mouth. Has anyone got experience of that? Well, there was a particular need for a large sum of money, more than we had in our bank account. And I just felt the Holy Spirit just prompt me just to say, I'll give you that and you'll have it by Christmas. Right? And this was about May time. How is that going to happen? <laughs> Beyond what we've got. And so each month, I started giving a bit when I got a bit, and then giving a bit, and giving a bit. And there we were, a month before November time, and I was several thousand pounds short. So I thought, I'm going to have to email the person and say, Look, I really want to do it, but I haven't got the money, so I'll, I'll do it in January, or we'll try and spread it out. And I was reading in the Bible. And there was a Bible verse there. You know when God speaks to you from the Bible sometimes? This Bible verse said, honor your vows before God. And I thought, Ooh, how am I going to do that? Because we'll have no money to live on. That you know, In actual fact, it would probably have pushed us into debt when mortgage and everything else started coming out. So I thought, well, I'm going to have to do it. Because God has spoken. So, put that across. And then, All of a sudden, without any prompting, a very large client paid a month early. And I don't know whether people know much about paying insurance, but I don't, not many of my clients pay early. This client just decided to pay early. So we had the money to get there, you know, and that, and there's many, 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 many stories of that. So I just want to just wrap up with some practical steps that, so that we can we can pray if people would like to be prayed for, and if not, we can go home. The first practical step is, is really, is what is your mindset? Is your mindset, one, of being a giver? One, of being able, saying, I don't know how to do it, I'm not rich, but I know my Father in heaven is, therefore, I'm a giver. Even if I don't, I'm not rich, I'm still a giver. Even if I'm on benefits, I'm still a giver because God is my father and I'm going to do the little that I have like Jesus did with the widow that, was, that gave what she had. Practical step number two, commit in your mind to start the journey with whatever little you have in hand. Yeah? If you're a teenager and all you do is got your pocket money, start with that. Just start on the journey with what you have. Next one. Trust God as your provider and not money. The, um, it says in Proverbs that a rich man's wealth is like a, a strong city around them. It's like a secure city around them. Um, but, the, but the name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it and are saved. So what that's saying is, is that, that money... And it does, doesn't it? You know, if you've got some money there, you know that you've got something in case the car breaks down or whatever. It does. It brings, you know, and the more you've got, the bigger your strong city is. I mean, that's just what money is, right? However, as you start giving, what begins to happen is, as you begin, particularly as you start emptying your bank account sometimes, what then starts happening is, is you start knocking down the walls of that city. So... And you, you then start running to the name of the Lord, the strong tower. And you start doing that. And, and it's, it's scary. It, isn't, it sounds sometimes exciting when you hear the story afterwards. But, but when you don't know how you're going to get through the month or the year or whatever, it is scary. It's not, it's not easy. Um, the next one is, it's important to tithe. That's a completely different talk, which we haven't got time for today. But I want to talk about tithing and giving is an act of worship. If you read through the Bible, the giving wasn't just a bit of charitable bucket plunking or just give some money for the poppy or whatever. It was actually part of our work, part of worship. The very, very first description of tithing was where was the first fruits that, that Abel and, uh, gave. Right in the thing, it was an act of worship, and I know that often when I just do my tithe each month, I do it online. I just sit there and have a little worship time as I'm I'm giving. I just encourage you: it's worship, not um, just a bit of bucket plunking. Um, and also, in terms of where you give, there are hundreds and hundreds of different sources and all sorts of good causes to give to. But I encourage you: giving to a local church where the mission is where you've been fed, where you've been served, where you have relationships, or, in the, or lay at the apostles' feet, is what they say in the Old Testament, in other words, the wider network where the connection is. Because that's where God will, will start blessing. And give in secret, and your Father will reward you openly. It isn't about blowing your own trumpet and saying, hey, look at what I'm giving, it's a private thing. God will bless you. And we've got five minutes left just to pray for people. And here's some areas i just just like to offer prayer for. is It talks about God blessing. Yeah? And, and in the Bible, people laid hands on people to bless people. There's something about impartation and blessing. And if anyone feels that they just want God to bless their store of seed and bless them so that they can give then myself and others, depending on, would just love to just lay hands on you and just pray for God's blessing on, on, on you, yeah? Um, love to do that, to increase your store of seed, to give. Um, also talks about, the Bible talks about having the power to create wealth in order to establish his covenant. And, you know, if someone feels stirred in their heart that they want to do that a little bit more and that, then again, it'd be great to pray for you is anyone here anxious about money you know you're anxious about getting through the end of the month you know love to pray for you you know because god your father's generous anyone's in need you know then god is here to provide okay so if i just hand it over to jim if you want to administer that we're just here to bless people if that of anyone's